Hello from Vancouver. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Vancouver. Yesterday was my birthday and I got to fly out to Vancouver to spend some time with my half sister and just uh, enjoy some fresh ocean air. Um, I love the ocean. I love the humidity here. It's already just making my hair and my skin so happy. And I'm going to interview the amazing Christy today. I can't wait to introduce you to her. We've never actually had a conversation before. We've been connected through Tiana. And uh, Tiana is one of our awesome Fempreneur community members who um, wrote a book last year as well. So she's been a really, really interesting. We're going to be talking about um, obviously growing a business and how Christy has done that, as well as natural remedies and mindset awareness. Christy, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's awesome we can have this conversation. Just gonna give myself a little more comfy. Here I am rocking a little bit of bedhead right now. I'm not gonna lie, but whatever. You look That's fantastic. Okay, right? You look fantastic. <laughs> I'm on I'm my, about my teeth. <laughs> yeah, I know I haven't eaten anything yet, so that shouldn't be a problem. But I definitely have some coffee breath. But I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're not sitting here with me, Christy. <laughs> Anyways, tell us about yourself and your business. When did you start your business? Why did you start your business? Tell us all those fundamental stories. Oh, sure. Um, well, I officially started my business about 10 years ago, but unofficially I came down this path when I was in my mid-20s after I had some strokes, some little mini strokes. And what happened was uh, I was in this hospital bed with this wonderful woman who was really alternative. She was diagnosed with MS and I was diagnosed with everything under the sun. And uh, she took me to yoga and she taught me about um, traditional Chinese medicine. And I thought I needed more support. So I took this really long road to get to this business. And I recognized that I, I needed more and I loved the natural remedies and I loved herbs. And so I began that path of figuring out how ecology and how herbs could really help my health. And then I spread it to the rest of the world, really. Yeah, awesome. Are you in Calgary? I am. I okay. am. Yeah, yeah, I moved to Canada in 2007. So I've been here for quite a while. So. Yeah, I sensed a little bit of an American <laughs> accent there. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute, I think she's in Calgary, but maybe she's not. <laughs> you know, it's funny because my husband was born and raised in Calgary. So when I go and visit my parents in Pennsylvania, they're like, you sound Canadian. So ah. <laughs> I'm, in a weird, I'm in a weird place with my accent. Yeah, it was just a couple words that you said. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> um, okay, so you're laying in a hospital bed after mm -hmm. these mini strokes and literally someone else who's in a hospital bed in the same room as you who is who sparked all of this. A lot of it, yes. Wow. So it was one of those moments where she said to me, because, you know, it's in the U.S. I, I came from the U.S. So I was in that medical system. Right. And they they were fascinating. I was in a research hospital. They were like, like fantastic. I had interns around my bed because I was so young. And uh, so she was like, we're paying a lot of money for this. So you're not getting out of bed. <laughs> and she was about 20 years older. And really, she put me on a, a path and really opened my eyes. I was very traditional. 
I was very linear. I was not into energy. I was not into anything other than clinical research, science, how, so that's how it all kind of merged. And the doctors would talk to me really uh, at a higher level because I was getting my master's degree in biology. Mm -hmm. It was ecology and physiology, but I still had that language. And so I was able to bridge really the gap between Eastern and Western medicine. Uh, I, I had to do it through my own experience and through my own body, but hey, we all get there somehow. Well, and isn't that the best way to kind of, you know, learn these things is to try things for yourself and then you're not taking other people's word for it. You know, from your the way your body's reacting to these right. new methods and things you're trying. What were some of the big changes you made in your life after those mini strokes that you feel were um, probably the best things for you and maybe could help others? I, I really took a... a a complete overhaul of my life. I ended up quitting my life, really. I was living outside Washington, D.C. I was in a re relationship that wasn't ever really going anywhere. We'd break up, we'd come back together. I recognized that I had a lot of stress all the time and I was uh, that type A, highly driven. I still am, like, that's my nature, you know? <laughs> but uh, I, I held a lot of stress in my body. And I should go back. Ever since I was a kid, I had digestive issues. I was vomiting a lot. I, it was, I grew up in the 80s, so everyone was just like, oh, she has a nervous stomach. Or, you know, I had allergy shots all the time or we couldn't eat meat. Or there would be all these things that my parents had to go through to help me out. And they did. They did the best they could. So I really, I, I did quit my life. And then when I moved up here, I was working uh, in corporate Canada and in consulting. And I was like, I can, I can take my knowledge from plants and really apply it to my body. So, you know, what, what people can do all the time, I think is take stock. What are, what is your body signaling to you? It's not, if you're getting random hives, they're not random. You right. know, if, if your nails are breaking off, that's not just age you're gaining weight and you don't that that's one of those things where we get that used to this concept of like that's our baseline and it's just the way it goes it's not we need to challenge that and and recognize that there is a bigger picture right right okay so I guess my next question for you would be what were some of those key challenges that you faced in growing your business when you decided, you know, I've got all this knowledge. Yes. I really feel called to share this stuff with people. I'm starting a business. What were some of those key challenges right off the bat that you had to overcome in order to keep growing your business? There are a few, but I would say like the first one is that you have to know when you need support. So you know, most of us have a side hustle <laughs> and then we move it into something bigger. And as we grow, it's like, hey, who do I need to talk to? <laughs> right. Who do I need to hire? When is it right to get that bookkeeper? When's it right to get the social media person or the marketing person? There's always another layer that we can learn. And having a business is exhilarating and stressful and it requires support it's it's no different than our health right. it requires a team of people and I think the challenge is that we have to know that we can't do it alone 
And secondly, that you have to figure out when to take that side hustle into your real job, which I hate when people do that because everything is real. <laughs> yeah, that's a stressful time. Um, I've definitely watched a few fempreneurs, <laughs> more than a few fempreneurs go through that phase. And um, as much as I'm like right there, I'm like, rah, 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 I believe in you. I'm more nervous for that. Them because my motto is don't put too much pressure on a baby business. You should have a side hustle to support your baby business for probably longer than a lot of entrepreneurs realize. Yeah. For me, all of my businesses have always been grown while other income streams were coming in. I've never put all of my earning pressure yeah. on one thing. Like for example, when I was in the beauty industry, it was hair and nails. So I was doing hairdressing yeah. and I was doing nails. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when people would go without a haircut, they wouldn't go without getting their nails done because, you know, old nails are like a problem, right? Like they're hanging off and they're chipping and they look like garbage and you try to file them off yourself and you file like it. So basically people, I realized that people just weren't as, uh, plus a, a fill on a, on a set of gel nails is cheaper than a, a new hair color, uh-huh. right? So people were basically paying my bills by getting their nails done. And then hairdressing kind of became almost like the gravy. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess the point is like, having more than one income stream is essential as a, as a, as a business. I mean, would, would you go and invest? Would you look look at the stock market and go and invest in a company that makes money from one thing? Or would you go and invest in a company that has multiple ways of bringing income in and growing the the stock price and and the dividends? So we have to look at ourselves as, um, and that goes against, I think what a lot of people say about business owners is that they shouldn't have too many focuses and they shouldn't do too many things with their time and energy. But I think if it's under the umbrella of what your purpose is and what your why is, it's okay to have multiple income streams. So I'm curious to know how you went from, you know, okay, my, my business was my side hustle to jumping in with both feet and maybe quitting other jobs or whatever. Like, how did that tell us the story? Well, there's two things that I want to pounce on that when you were referring to that. I had a lot of shame around having two things going on and and multiple revenue revenue streams because um, with social media, with all of everything that goes on around us, it's like put your best face forward, don't acknowledge what's going on. And my revenue stream was coming from corporate Canada. Uh, from oil and gas. Now, I always had my foot in the ecology piece of that. You know, like there was always a thread. People are always like, how did you, how does that work? And it's because I always had the passion about plants and ecology. And so my concept about our bodies is having an inner health ecosystem that's balanced, which leads to what ecology is about. So there's always a thread for that transferable skill. Mm -hmm. And then um, what I became really clear about was I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to hide that I have multiple revenues, but I'm going to lead with my Almondine wellness and that wellness business, but I'm not going to hide so that I can empower everybody else. Like you said, to recognize that you need other things. (laughs) You just do to take the pressure off because what I never wanted, especially in a health situation is to feel like I had to um, get the sale. 
to pay my bills. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I had to prove to my husband that I had income coming in. I wanted to be free to buy the marketing course, to pay the accountant. I wanted to feel that freedom. So really, I overstayed. I I literally overstayed and I got very stressed out and my body started giving me the signals that I was overstressed because I overstayed because you're kind of living in that fear that maybe it won't launch. And once it's your, once it's your only revenue stream, uh, you know, what happens, all those imposter syndromes, syndromes come up. So I left, but I'll be honest, I'm not opposed to having side income come back in if it feels in alignment and easy and my body's not screaming. Yes. So So still doing some of that work, but maybe on a consultant basis and picking and choosing, right? Right. And also knowing that it does take, you know, I don't know, you probably know the statistics around this, but it took eight years. It's not like it's, you know, it's yeah. not like it's three years in, but that's just the nature of who I am in my business. It might be faster or longer than somebody else, but I, it really did take like starting to lose your mind. <laughs> but as a type A, that's, that's where we go. That's where yes. we fall. I have to hit like a really serious wall. My body and mind and soul have to be screaming at me for me to listen. So I think we're very similar that way. (laughs) I can put up with a lot of stress before I actually hit. Like my body literally will show me that I'm like complete. Like I was, I'll have like tightness in my chest. Like I went to emergency one time because I was like, I might be having a heart attack. And it was just, I took on too much. I was doing too much. I felt like I had too many balls in the air. Yeah. And until my body was like, nope, I was just going to keep pushing. <laughs> Correct. And I want to also be really clear. I don't have children. And um, that also changes things too, because where do you prioritize your time and how do you prioritize your time? Because it seems like I have more time. I don't. My body is still under the same amounts of stress. But that also changes the timeline too and what you can do and how you can do it. So I don't, hopefully that story was, was helpful for everybody yeah. watching. Yeah, I think so for sure. And I was going to ask you, cause I couldn't remember if you had children or not, or if I had been able to answer that question or not. Um, like, I feel like very similar to you. I mean, I do have a son who's now yeah. 17 he's going into grade 12, but, um, his dad and I split up when he was like a year old. So I've, I've always had him. Well, the first, you know, I guess first, like, five years, six years, I had him like quite a bit more than half the time. But once his dad moved to Cochrane, I've had him half the time. So I have felt like in a lot of ways, like I don't have a kid because when he's with his dad, I'm just like fully immersed in work and personal life. And there's, you know, I don't even worry about it because he's got a great dad. Yeah. And so, um, but I do think that's part of why we push ourselves to the limit because when you don't have these little people full time around that rely on your sanity, you can push yourself to be uh, maybe not okay. Yeah. And it, no one's like suffering other than you. And it's like a self, I guess a bit of a, it, it kind of feels like self-sabotage when you look back on it, but in the moment you're like, no, no, I got this. I'm going to push myself really hard because I can, you know, especially it's good and it's bad. you love it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when you, when you have a purpose and you, and you love it yeah. and you can trick yourself into saying, well, I, I am relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing I love what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing, but there's still too much of anything, right? You can still have too much of a good thing. <laughs> oh yeah. man. So tell us more about um, that first little bit when you were full-time, hundred percent, your own business. Um, how did that go? Like, like, what did you do? How did you really, you know, prove, I guess, to yourself and the world that you were, you were in it to stay and this is right. your business. And like, how did you pick a name for your business? What did you do about like logo and website? Tell us like the startup kind of stuff. Oh, for, for sure. So, uh, I took classes because that's what fed me. I was relying on my education. So at the very, very beginning, I was like, well, you know, I have my post-secondary degrees and I have this and I have that, but I really want to be um, a clinical herbalist. Like there's never enough, right? There's never enough letters behind your name. So I started there and then I realized, oh, I love this. And half of this stuff I already knew. So I was able to kind of bridge that. And I, I started that way. And then I found a mentor and then I started looking at business names and, and brainstorming. And I'm not um, very artistic, so I needed to hire out. So there's been iterations, right? You know, you start talking to your friends who can draw and they draw things. And, and what I've done is I've looked back. I've kept the previous logos. I've kept, you know, because you think that you're not making any progress sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, no, hold on, you know, yeah, I used to sell my products in a market and then I changed that. And I, you know, so you have to be willing to grow and you have to be willing to adapt because the logo does change, yeah. you know, your name doesn't. And my, my name is Amandine Wellness because um, my birthstone is the garnet and my last name is garnet and Amandine is a garnet. Okay. Yeah. Know. So it's kind of it's it. You have to dig a little bit, but for me, it's really important. My my grandmother's maiden name was Almond, and so for for all of the way that I live and the way I help people and coach people is everything is holistic. So if there's not a holistic feel to it, it doesn't feel an integrity to me. Right. So. Then it's like, well, how do I simplify that? And you, I think you need a marketing specialist. You need somebody who's going to say, you know, this logo needs to be round or simpler because you get attached. You know, it's your blood, sweat, yeah. and tears when you get yeah. attached. And and then I took um I took a business course, um, not through the university, but through someone. And then I was like, you know what, this doesn't feel right either. So there's so much exploration. And you grow into it slowly mm -hmm. but surely. And then I had a mentor. And then I started um, seeing, I started shadowing a clinical herbalist. And I worked, I saw, I saw clients in the evenings and then the weekends. And then one day I was like, I don't need to see clients on the weekends, you know? So it's progress. It's, what is it? Progress, not perfection. That's the saying. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you stayed in that, uh, I need more knowledge, I need more courses, I need more training phase longer than you wish you would have? Or do you think that all that, like, I don't know, I feel like I hear this a lot with entrepreneurs and I, I tend to like label it and maybe this is me like being judgy, but I label that as like, 
um, a bit of perfectionism and a lot of imposter syndrome. Yes. Do you feel like that's a thing too, or? I did when it came to being on video. Oh. When it came to like, because here's the thing. I am not a disco ball. You're never going to see me dancing. I'm not going to lip sync. I, I just, that's just not my personality. You're not and coming so, to karaoke night? Come on. I can do that, but I'm not. <laughs> invite me. I'll, I'll come to that. Okay. <laughs> but that idea of like a reel with like me like making a funny video and dubbing over the music and and things like it's just not that that's just not me I like I'm funny I'm not that fun <laughs> I'm funny but I'm not like like watch this you know watch this car come past me and run me over I don't know like yeah, whatever is yeah. on trend that's just not who I yeah. am and so I couldn't fit that box. And so were I was you like, okay, though, for a while, like, were you one of those people watching Instagram as a marketing tool and trying to use it like other people were using it and feeling like a bit of a fish out of water? Like, I don't know. No, I, or did you, never, to your, or did you just stick to yourself from day one and be like, that's not me? I could never go there. I never tried what I did try, but I, here's where I was that perfectionist place where it's like, I'm not going to get on there until I know what I want to say until I can um, do it right. All that stuff. So eventually you kind of have to break the seal and you just got to go because this is going to sound kind of hurt maybe, but initially no one's watching any. <laughs> Yes, thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Oh my God, I know. Like we need to get over ourselves and stop assuming everyone's sitting there waiting for us to post our first reel, you know, like no one cares. Yeah, like, and when I started, I just deleted. I literally would just be like, uh, nope, not doing that. Or the other thing is there's so many tools out there that you can like do ahead of time. You can record something ahead of time, edit a little bit. It's not a, you know, on the cuff live, but it, until you're ready to do that, just videotape yourself. And also what I did was I, every animal I've ever uh, owned, they have heard every presentation I ever made, heard every live, because until you start speaking it out loud, you don't know what words you're going to fumble over. And I did that in corporate presentations too. Like, you know, the people that look smooth are because they've practiced right. whether they want to admit it or not. Right. Yes. And I definitely, I think I've practiced the way you have minus the doing it in front of the animals part. I've just done it. I just put it out there. Yeah. I've just like put videos on YouTube. Um, yeah. YouTube was where I started with videos. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. And live videos, like live interviews. It just, and like you said, it, you just, you get better. And sometimes like my newer friend printers, they see my videos on Instagram. They're like, oh my gosh, you don't seem nervous at all. And you seem like you can just make that video in like five seconds, one take. And I'm like, yeah, but you know how long it's taking me to get here and you're not going to get there if you don't just do it. Right. Like, so I think it's really cool that you're embracing yeah. video. Absolutely. I a copyright coach because I was like I'm exhausted it took me like three hours to get 20 minutes and she was like yeah and she was so kind to me she said I passed out one time 
<laughs> eaten. I was doing a series because you're by yourself, right? A lot, like sometimes oh, when yeah. you're creating oh. content. And um, she said I was standing, and I was just standing too long, and I woke up, and it was so it was so refreshing to hear her say. I, you know, I had moments too, you know, it's, you you do just have to do it. And also how is anyone supposed to know who you are? Because we want relationship-based businesses. We want relationship-based clients. How will they know who they, who you are, if you're not willing to be yourself without makeup, with makeup, with good lighting, without good lighting, sometimes you just have to go for it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think when we, when we grab our phone, cause we feel inspired, we have a message to share. Maybe our hair's not perfect. Yeah. Maybe we still got bags from like sleeping, whatever. We make that video and we put it out there and it's not like it's the only video sitting on the internet of us. It's one of many. Yeah. And so people, if they were researching you or thinking of working with you, they're not going to just look at that one video and be like, Oh, I don't want to work with her. This video is not very professional working. Like that's just not going to happen. So but yeah, I mean, the best tip I ever got, though, um, was make sure they can hear you. Yes. People will stop if they can't hear you, but they won't right. stop. If, like, if they can't see you, it'll be okay. Yeah. But if they can't hear you, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that. Yeah, the sound quality is huge for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, okay, so one thing that I've been preaching about a lot lately, I don't, I don't know if you're on my email list or not, but I sent a pretty juicy email out a couple of days ago about this is that, you know, creating catchy content and creating great videos and none of that really matters if you don't have a few, you know, flagship offers, those signature things that people can take action, whether, you know, and one of them should be free, right? Like one of those take action things on your website should be a free lead magnet. Um, and then there should be a couple of other things, you know, a couple of different price points that people can take part in. What are some of the ways that people can, you know, learn from you and just experience all the goodness that is Christy? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I agree with you. Like if you just kind of we forget that we're selling something, <laughs> there's a moment, especially if you're really passionate about it, you're like, OK, well. And then what? Sometimes I see people and I'm like, okay, but how do I? Yeah, what do you do? Like, how do I get you? Yeah, how do I get you? Yeah, how do I get you? And so the first thing for me is I do have a free um, quiz that's in the link in my bio on in Instagram. So that's there. It's it's basically how do you incorporate luxury into your life and do you have enough luxury? Because my true belief is that the alternative health community is missing luxury because it's hard to teach and luxury has been this thing that people have used to exclude and not include. And without that, we're going on willpower and we're going on physiology and that vitality is missing. So that free quiz is the link in my bio in the Instagram page, Amandine Wellness, which I think you already mentioned. And then the second thing I have is a masterclass that's coming up at the end of September. Um, it hasn't been posted on my website just yet, but I'm starting to send those uh, email reminders out in my newsletter and each post that I'm kind of referring to right now is going to link back to that. And then on my website, I have a services page. And so there's a, uh, an intensive where people can work with me for three hours, 
which to be honest, that's not where I want people to go, but some people need that. You know, it's at a higher price point because if you need that, you need that. But then I really like to work with people in specific programs. So it can be over the course of six months and the intensity of that program changes based on what people need. But that's all laid out on my services page and on my website. Okay, so describe your ideal client. Who is this person? Like, what are they struggling with? What what would what would you say is that key issue that most of your ideal clients have that brings them to you? They're really wanting to change the, something about their health, whether that's a digestive issue, uh, an autoimmune response, maybe it is something to do with their skin, uh, migraines, nerve pain, anything along those lines that they feel like they really need to shift out of. And they know they can, they know that there's something there. There's that inner knowing, like, I, I just do not accept that this is the way it is. I just do not accept that I have to settle for this. So that's somebody who is also often driven and has a lot of balls in the air and that corporate kind of mindset. Um, I have, I have a lot of clients that, that aren't in the corporate world anymore, but they still, you take that mentality with you, right? (laughs) You take that, even if you're a business owner, you take that mentality, like you were saying, you know, you can hit a wall. And so it's that, uh, person, usually female between 40 and, and 65, mm-hmm. who loves loves the natural area, but feels like they don't have the time or they, they've researched all they can research and they want some something specific. And then that piece, that, that in-between piece, like the person that loves nature and loves the natural aspect, but also wants a modern lifestyle. They they also like the finer things, a piece yeah. of jewelry. They're not yeah. a they're not ashamed of you know driving a nice car or wanting a great vacation. They're not living in that impoverished mindset. So that's yeah. my, my niche. Okay, so you don't want to try to take someone from a scarcity mentality into feeling like they're worthy and deserving of the things you can help them with, because obviously there's a financial investment there. So you're, you're looking for people who already know that they're worth it and that it's time to make these changes, no matter what the time or financial investment may look like. That's right. Cause there is an investment uh, in time and in, in money. Right. And so what it's not just that they're worth it because a lot, a lot of people think they're, they think they're worth it, but they don't behave like they're worth it. Yes. <laughs> I know that one of your things is like mindset awareness. So I feel like we're going to go right. there right now. So, so talk more about this whole misconception that people have about their own worth. Yeah, it's embodying it. It's literally being like, you know what? I need to go to the bathroom right now and I'm going to go. I'm going to excuse myself and go to the bathroom. It's like every single moment where you're like, oh, you know what? I'm totally worth excusing myself and dealing with this or that moment where everything is chaotic and you're like, I'm going to go take 
uh, a time out and take a deep breath. And I'm not going to feel any, any type of way about it. I'm just literally going to take care of myself oh. or I'm going to, you know, buy that. I mean, everything, everything counts. So I'm going to buy that nicer dishwasher. I have a dishwasher or um, a washing machine coming. I'm going to buy the, the nicer brand and have it delivered instead of me figuring out the YouTube stuff because I'm worth <laughs> the trade-off right. of not having the stress. Right. So it's right. really down to, and what does that do? For, so for me, the recommendation is what does that do to your body chemistry? does that do to your emotional uh, well-being? What does that do mentally to you? Mm-hmm. It's the small things that really changes your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we get big gains when we're dealing with health issues and you have the right herbs and supplements, but then how do you implement that mm-hmm. into the future so that your your changes last? That's where, that's where it really counts. So for people who have benefits or even for our incorporated business owners who maybe have health spending plans or, you know, I've also worked in the financial industry. That's another one of my income streams yes. is helping entrepreneurs with their money management stuff. But for people like that, I feel like they look at someone like you and they're like, Oh, but I could just go to my doctor and it's free. Or, Oh, I, mm-hmm. I could just go to like, you know, get a massage and I get some of those massages just covered a year under my like plan. Like, can they get any of your stuff covered? Like, how are you positioned? Like, are you a naturopath? Or are you? No, I am. A te- sorry. I- <laughs> sorry. I am a clinical <laughs> herbalist. <Okay. laughs> uh, that's like the official title. Um, I'm a professional biologist and a clinical herbalist. Yeah. I often, my clients that have businesses can do it as a write-off to their business because we do holistic consulting and consultation. So we talk about business uh, strategies as well. Business coaching, Um, essentially, if you're an entrepreneur, whether you're incorporated or not. And if you are incorporated and have a health spending plan, then it's um, potentially something they can put through that. I guess they can try depending on the provider. So in Canada and provincially, um, the the Canadian Association of Herbalists have not lobbied for that. Okay. Um, okay. There's a belief that the herb should stay. Remember, I'm not a hippie and I'm not quite a yuppie. So (laughs) I straddle that line. So the, the herbalists in Canada have said herbs belong to the people and so they haven't lobbied to have that come under an insurance account. Right. So okay. really it, that you can't No. maybe like I, never say never, but I haven't seen that be able to pass through a healthcare spending account. Okay. Um, but definitely under like a coaching, like mm-hmm. a, a write-off through business coaching, that's totally okay yeah. in Canada. Perfect. And actually, uh, I have clients in the States and they have put it through their health spending accounts and yeah. that has been covered by their company. So yeah. maybe if you have a really um, open-minded company, that would be uh, possible that you work for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good to know. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. I liked how you were going, going into the whole mindset awareness piece of like people who say that they're worthy and say that they're valuable and say that they take care of themselves, but then they do things like buy the cheapest dishwasher or, you know, don't go to the bathroom because they don't want to hurt their friend's feelings who's in the middle of a big story or like those kind of things. So um, is there anything else around that that you wanted to add? Maybe like a, um, a client success story around that, or even a personal experience around the whole mindset awareness stuff? Oh, for sure. So the challenge here that I, I challenge everybody to do is really figure out what you feel right now. So are you feeling, you know, what is your body feeling? We have so many distractions. It's easy for our minds to not be connected to our bodies. And so there's a moment in your day where you're like, Oh yeah, I totally, I am, I'm totally worth it. I totally feel value. And, and, you know, and this, this stone that I carry in my purse symbolizes that. And I, and they were like, but I never looked at the stone. I have a client that recently was like, you know, you, you talk about self-care and being mindful. And I realize as I'm telling everybody that I love them gathering in my cottage I love them being there and cooking and listening to music, but I'm actually quite burnt out. I'm like, because she feels like she needs to cook. She's the host. It's her kitchen. She does enjoy it on one hand, but she hasn't become the queen of her kingdom. So nobody can really help. So everyone leaves. They all have a great time. She has a great time in the moment, but she's not rejuvenated. Mm. So then the question is, what are you doing to rejuvenate? Maybe, mm. maybe you don't sit, maybe you don't set the table. It's those small things, but she didn't recognize it until she started to feel like what was happening into her muscles. You know, for her, there was there was a, a tingling in the back of her head. Ooh. Your body is always telling you something. It, it was a tingling. And I was like, that's, I, you know, it took a long time to get to a place where we could be so open. But I was like, that's yeah. stress. That's yeah. your, and she was like, oh my gosh. And so she was sitting maybe a few weeks ago and was like, I realized, I say I do self-care. I say I have this great life and I, I love it and, and everything. But I... I actually am not caring for myself the same way. My mindset shifted. She she actually shifted and recognized, oh yeah, that is what she's talking about. The embodiment of it, the feeling relaxed wow. and neutral, even when things are are going around, not just saying it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I want to talk about herbs okay. and just things that grow for before we close here. Um, so, I, and one of the things you said in your email introduction that I love so much was just the fact that we have this love of nature in common. Yes. Um, I love camping and I'm always on a mission to get women to like come camping with other women. It's not that I have an issue with dudes coming camping. It's just that I want women to feel like they can go out camping with a group of women and not need a man. They can chop their own wood. They can start their own fire. They yep. can set up camp. They know they're going to be fine. And that is one of my big passions. Um, and one thing I'm curious about when it comes to herbs is like, are you one of those people that can go out in the forest and like pick things out of the ground and like know that you can eat yes. it? And then like maybe even mushrooms, like what are your knowledge of mushrooms? Not like, like magic mushrooms, but like the ones that can kill you and the ones that you can eat. Like, are, is that an area of your knowledge that you have? I don't sure? touch mushrooms, mushrooms, okay. like 
I have those are so I love tough. eating mushrooms, like the ones not for getting messed up, but like the ones that are tasty. And I'm always seeing mushrooms when I'm camping, and I'm like, damn it, I wish I knew which ones I could eat. Yeah, the, those are dangerous. I don't, I don't go that way. But I do, I probably annoy people that are out on a hike with me. Some people love it, but I'm like, oh, look at this. Let's pick that. Let's chew this. Let's grab that. And then I talk about, like, I don't always do their scientific names, but I talk about, oh, we can, you know, yarrow, we can spit on our, spit on it and put it in cut, stop blood, you know, if we get a cut. And yeah, I have a lot of that. I love that. It, that's why, that's where I, I love being is walking and, and foraging. Okay. Well, we are doing a women's camping weekend, September 8th. So I might have to talk to you more about that when we get off the call here, just to see if you're available to come to that. Cause we're, yeah, we're rounding up a group of ladies to just go camping, not, not too crazy off grid, but a little bit off grid and it's bush camping, not campground camping. Oh, yeah. So um, I'll see if you're available and get you out there with us and you can teach I'd us some things. Yeah, yeah that'd be to. awesome. I get car camping, I don't love, but I like bush camping because <laughs> I'm like, why would, I, why would I sleep next to my car? I could go to a bed. That's the luxury piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you have a trailer, yeah. the spot that we're going to be at, I don't think you'd be able to get your trailer in there. It's a, I, I usually have to shuttle people in with my forerunner because most people don't drive like a four by four with mud tires. So, yeah. but yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, uh, most of us are tenting and a few people want to sleep in like a few people have like a Subaru or whatever they want to sleep in their car. But anyways, we'll talk about that later. Yes. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this interview and share some of your knowledge. Um, what's your website again? Amandinewellness.com and A-L-M-A-N-D-I-N-E. I know everyone hates when people do that, but <laughs> no, I like that you just said that. Thank you. Yeah, almondeanwellness.com. And then, um, yeah, I would love to chat with you in a bit about all that stuff. I actually can hear my uh, washer getting delivered right now. Okay, okay, good. I'll let you go. And uh, yeah, and all of this information about Chrissy will be in the podcast show notes. Um, Thank you again for sharing so much of your wisdom with us today and have a great rest of your day and hope to get to meet you in person very soon. Uh, absolutely. Thanks, Lindsay. And I appreciate your time and, and I love what you're putting out into the world. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Based in growing your business when you decided, you know, I've got all this knowledge. Yes. I really feel called to share this stuff with people. I'm starting a business. What were some of those key challenges right off the bat that you had to overcome in order to keep growing your business? There are a few, but I would say like the first one is that you have to know when you need support. So, you know, most of us have a side hustle (laughs) and then we move it into something bigger. And as we grow, it's like, hey, who do I need to talk to? (laughs) Who do I need to hire? When is it right to get that bookkeeper? When's it right to get the social media person or the marketing person? There's always another layer that we can learn. And having a business is exhilarating and stressful and it requires support. It's it's no different than our health. It requires a team of people. And I think the challenge is that we have to know that we can't do it alone. And secondly, that you have to figure out when to take that side hustle into your real job, which I hate when people do that because everything is real. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's a stressful time. Um, I've definitely watched a few fempreneurs, <laughs> more than a few fempreneurs go through that phase. And um, as much as I'm like right there, I'm like, rah, 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 I believe in you. I'm more nervous for them because my motto is don't put too much pressure on a baby business. You should have a side hustle to support your baby business for probably longer than a lot of fempreneurs realize. Yeah. For me, all of my businesses have always been grown while other income streams were coming in. I've never put all of my earning pressure yeah. on one thing. Like, for example, when I was in the beauty industry, it was hair and nails. So I was doing hairdressing yeah. and I was doing nails. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when people would go without a haircut, they wouldn't go without getting their nails done because 